And welcome, everybody. We are coming to you from New York City. Uh, today, really, essentially, ask me anything if you wish. We can uh, get into it from Twitter Spaces, where we'll be taking calls. You just raise your hand there, and thereby, uh, I'll be bringing you up to the podium, and you'll be streaming out on multiple platforms. Uh, one of the topics we'll be talking about was uh, President Biden's interview on 60 Minutes, where he said, quote, the pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID, but the pandemic is over. And he's right. But having said so, created a bunch of headaches for him. So we'll talk about some of that. And again, we'll take your calls. See what else you guys want to talk about. Um, we have a lot of great guests coming up this week, including uh, Edward Dowd and Mark McDonald and then Jay Bhattacharya next week. But we'll tell you more about that once we get going. Let's get started. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell do you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it, I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. And as we promised, we're coming to you this week from New York City. Uh, Monday and Tuesday next week, we'll be out. We'll be back with uh, Jay Bhattacharya on Wednesday. And uh, Edward Dowd tomorrow. And then Mark, yeah. what's that? Today's season? Monday, honey buns. Ooh, uh, we'll do more questions tomorrow. <laughs> and on Wednesday, we'll do uh, Edward Dowd. And on Thursday, we'll do um, Mark McDonald. I'm interested in talking to again. He um, He's a psychiatrist that early on was uh, raising concerns about the level of paranoia and panic and hysteria and i'm curious to see he's written a new book as well and i'm curious to see what his thoughts are these days uh other than correcting me about the schedule susan anything else going on you did a great interview with uh tim tim pool pool and tim. we got some new listeners if anybody's out there hello that's good and uh did you want to announce anything else about uh, questions at the end of the interviews or something or so i don't know everybody on youtube if you have any questions we're thinking uh if you want to give us a little super chat we'll we'll call you out at the end of the show also um i wanted to that would be on the restream that would they do that yeah on yeah. on youtube yeah if you're over on okay. youtube okay um also hi everybody on rumble nice to see you uh and facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you guys enjoy. So speaking of Rumble, Saza over there says, so the medical emergency is over, then why do international travelers need proof of COVID jabs to visit the USA? Yeah. By the way, the World Health Organization is also on the record saying that they think it's over. And there's a lot of unraveling that needs to be done in order for us to really come to terms. You realize how many layers of excesses are upon us when right. you start to think about you know what it means that it's over here are just a couple of ideas um the, let me let me read you something here this is from the washington post and uh he's the post points out that it's already interfering with the white house's ability to secure funds for vaccine and treatments uh let's say the republicans are saying that why the administration would renew its public health emergency which i would ask the same thing of california which has been egregiously sustained uh, the emergency declaration, which is set to expire next month, has allowed the federal government to pursue a lot of things that they really shouldn't be able to do, such as authorizing 
emergency treatments, and it also it may affect the way people are covered by Medicaid. There's a lot of things that uh, that I you wouldn't normally think of as part of what's going on here that's going to be affected by the end of the pandemic. But for instance, 50, one, one think tank estimates that 15.8 million Americans could lose Medicaid coverage. So Medicaid, so that many people are pushed to Medicaid by the emergency. So there are sort of practical issues involved in this that uh, a lot of us, including myself, weren't specifically aware of. I do think, though, calling it an ongoing public health emergency has provided, as you've heard me talk about before, a, a ridiculously excess authority on the part of public health, which has been egregiously used. I don't know if you saw the retweets that uh, Vinay Prasad was putting out today. Uh, there was a former head of the NIH, I think, who was saying that, yeah, perhaps we should have been more honest with, with what we were doing and been more clear about our uncertainty. Um, man, boy, that's the least, that's the least he can say about some of the choices they made. They completely lost the trust of the people by being, um, authoritarian and, uh, and capricious and absolute, and then trying to crush anyone that dared to raise their hand and go, I, are you, do you really mean that? I, I'm not sure that that quite is what you meant to say. Maybe there's something a little more that we don't have science for that yet. And maybe you want to qualify that and say that you know, we're electing to do this, even though we don't really know why we're just trying to make, we're trying to do something non-pharmacologic to change things here. Now we have since learned through the interviews we've done on this show that uh, they made a conscious decision to use fear to mandate the zero COVID lockdown policies that they wanted to um, demand. And that, in, in particularly in states that um, ran aggressively to that side of the boat, so to speak, that really took that mantle that the, the public health organizations were putting out and take it to the extreme, those are the regions that really got harmed, where kids were kept out of school for years, where businesses were closed for years. This is, is really out, outlandish consequences that should have been thought about or at least should have been measured along the way. We had years to look at what we were doing. It was very clear along the way also that what we were doing was not having the desired consequence. In other words, zero COVID was not something even remotely realistic. Now, once we got to vaccines, that story has yet to be fully told. Again, the, the public health policy became... Uh, far over their skis in terms of their policy, which is vaccine is the just and only policy and nothing can be um, can be uh, called into question that might cause somebody to uh, question vaccine therapy. Now, I kind of understand that one more than the lockdowns, to tell you the truth, because anti-vaccine has been so, the anti-vaccine rhetoric has been so ensconced in social media that I bet, yeah, Ubralis just means above everything else. Uh, that is so ensconced in social media, I bet, I bet they were fearful that the anti-vaccine rhetoric would start to infect uh, people that were sort of on the, on the fence with using the vaccines. When in fact, because they again took these extraordinary measures to crush any dissent, it caused sort of a, tri a Streisand-like effect where people wanted to look behind the curtain and they became more paranoid and more distrustful. Even to this day, um, it, is, it is clear that vaccines were helpful. It's just absolutely clear. Was there a cost? I'm sure. Was that co cost worth it in terms of adverse events and more and really serious adverse events? 
that is still getting worked out. I, I'll say it again and again that in the elderly population, that risk reward clearly came down. It continues to come down on the, the side of vaccine therapy. If you are under 65 or under 30, it starts to get a little bit cloudier and people are still working on those, those data. So here we go. Let's, uh, let's get to it and take some calls from you guys. A lot of hands are up here. Let me just um, kind of get right to you guys. Uh, this is Sean. Sean, what's going on? Uh, let me make sure my phone's on. Uh, Susan, we're on at your end because you just disappeared. Oh, you know what? We're not even on. Um, in this, and this thing's not. There on? we are now. Okay. Uh, I think I lost Sean. I okay, I don't. Off. You know what? There was no sound going out That's to right. Twitter Spaces. So anybody oh. who's out there, hi, oh, those, welcome to oh the show. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. We didn't, really no sound of Twitter yeah, Spaces. Yeah, we weren't I, checking that. Yeah, the thing was off. The phone was off. So. Caleb, is that true? I I think I saw it <laughs> but, moving. So it, maybe it got paused. But I, I think that people were hearing it at least in the beginning. No, I don't think they were. <laughs> I okay. I just had to I had it off because you did an interview earlier. So ah. anybody who's on Twitter Spaces would be taking your calls now. Uh, sorry you missed the beginning of the show. Hopefully you're watching on the the live stream simultaneously, so you know what Dr. Drew just said. <laughs> All right, let me though. Oh, here's somebody saying Sal is saying Dr. Drew is wrong. There are countries that couldn't afford therapy; they had less. I'm not sure what you're saying. Less death. Um, yeah, you, trying to compare countries is a, somewhat of a fool's errand because the different age distributions, you have, to, you have to really control for so many things. So just one country versus another doesn't, not a great way to look at things. Uh, let's see. Oh, they heard us the whole time. They did? Yep. That's so weird. It was, it was off. Yep. Oh, well, see if you can get somebody up there. Andrew Ashkazvili, open the beaches back up. Take the sand out of the half pipes in the skate park. Put the basketball rims back on. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, thank you for pointing at the most insane uh, aspects of in California, the pandemic, when the, the grotesque incompetence was on full display when they were closing the beaches. And then when they let people back on the beaches, you were allowed to stand on the beaches alone, but dare not lay a towel down or they will come arrest you. you They're hearing us fine. Okay. Yeah. I, I, nope. I think they're hearing it. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at your guys' comments here before I go back to the calls. Doctor couldn't. Daughter couldn't get an internship because she wasn't vaccined. Yep. I mean, it's it is it is She's really. I, I'm just saying it's egregious now to to create this uh, this this outgroup of the unvaccinated. It's always been a bad idea. I understand why they did it, but that has been a bad idea, and I, I've been against. The, the look, I've been for passports, but against the uh, outgroup, creating of an outgroup, and uh, it was discriminatory. It was, dis it was grotesquely discriminatory, and it wasn't based on choice, as you who defended imply. All right, uh, am I sponsored by vaccines? Nope, no vaccines. Uh, I've been using them a lot for my elderly patients, and they have derived great benefit. There have been almost no side effects in the very elderly. In the younger, uh, it's a different issue. It's a different concern. All right, so let's uh, try to get There's to it There's 60 here. people out there. Somebody must have a question. It's this, well, this is Can Me 2020. True. You Can Me 2020, something like that. Though There are plenty, plenty of questions coming up. What do you got there? I don't know the name. Oh, they keep, uh, there she is. You just got to unmute that mic in the lower left-hand corner. And you can ask me 2020 is the name of this caller. She has an interview with uh, Dr. Reich, Reich, Harvey Reishup. 
which is someone we interviewed last week. Um, your mic is still muted, so I'm unable to speak to you. So I'm going to go to Harlan, and I'm going to take... Um, Let's see if we can get anybody in here. Um, Come on, kids, unmute yourself. While Harlan is coming up, Andrew again. My mom also got raccoon eye. Yeesh. Oof. Again, that's a sign of a consumptive coagulopathy, and that's one of the, the more serious side effects of vaccine therapy. So, Harlan, what's going on there? Hey, Dr. Drew, it's, it's good to talk to you. I've been listening for many, many, many years. And uh, I think what you do is wonderful. Thank you. Um, I, I work in the college space. I actually have written mm -hmm. a bunch of books, and I speak on campuses and work with high school students too. And you know, I, was, I don't understand why schools aren't doing more, high schools specifically, to support the transition for students from high school to college. Mm. We know. You know I was thinking about this over the twenty plus years I've been doing this. The only thing that's changed is. More students are feeling hopeless. There are more problems, you know, more, more students struggling. Mm -hmm. And it's only when a student takes their life or there's some, you know, catastrophic situation in a community mm -hmm. where they feel compelled to take action. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to do my own thing to be part of the solution. But I'm really curious to know, you know, as this progresses, and it doesn't, you've, you've seen it, it's not getting better, right? Yeah, well, colleges have active programs for the first year students to keep them retained. And of, sure. course, and of course, they're, you know, trying to attend to the mental health. That's sort of the, the issue that sends people back home uh, and, you know, decreases their probability of finishing college. You're talking about people that really need the help with the, just the transitional process. And those tend to be kids at risk. And there are organizations that do things like that. But uh, you're right. I mean, there, there needs to be a lot of resources for those kids available. And they, in, in my experience, I don't know how, what your experience has been, but in my experience, they tend to resist using them. They sort of feel like they should be, they shouldn't need to because many other kids don't need it. Therefore, why should I? Right. Which is sort of how kids think. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. How, how did you, what, what is your job? What, what, did, what do you call what you do? <laughs> well, I wrote a book called The Naked Roommate and 107 Other Issues You Might Run Into in College. Good. And that book's been the number one book on college life. It has over a million copies in print. And then I have a, a really popular TikTok that has almost about 1,000 followers where mm -hmm. I offer college tips. I just did one on binge drinking, on, uh, on blackouts, and people are using the sound to blackout. But, um, <laughs> Can you say that again? They're using what? They, so on TikTok, you could do a sound, you know, yeah. like I did this TikTok where if you drink so much, your goal is to black out, then, you know, you have a drinking problem. Yes. You know, then the tip was blacking out is not safe. Yes. So, you know, this be, this is like over a million views. People have really loved it. And then they made it into a sound and they're using the sound to, um, you know, like party where they can use my voice and the tip. And um, I then did one that was like, you know, why do you guys do this? I'm just mm. curious, mm. you know, to simulate dialogue because you know, the, the, the big thing is I know the Surgeon General has been talking about wanting to do more for mental health and wanting to help teenagers. Mm -hmm. You know, this doesn't, it's not going to happen in the schools. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you are, I, I really, you're one of my heroes with this because you've been, you've been there forever mm -hmm. uh, for these, you know, most of these teenagers' lives. But in terms of like having a real plausible solution and, I'll send you my stuff. I mean, I, 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 I don't to see it, but let, let me tell you my just briefest yeah. sort of thoughts on this. There, there is something changing in high school age kids. I, I stopped speaking 
at high schools because they <laughs> they seem to be intolerant of expertise. Mm-hmm. I kept getting this feedback that you're you're too you're speaking for too much authority. It's like I, if I don't have authority, who does? I, I I've got forty years of experience. Right. I I hope I have some authority on this topic. So I I thought, oh, this is a change. Something is different there. But I will tell you the binge drinking on college campuses, there's sort of two aspects to that. One is the consistent endorsement by the college communities. They just sort of, kids will be kids, as opposed right. to looking at it as a, as a behavioral problem, as a mental health problem. And when you go into the colleges and talk to them about why they drink, it's really around social anxiety. That's right. really the reason. And more often, and, and I sort of used to approach the topic through the whole hookup culture, and I would say, look, if, if hooking up is such a cool thing, it's the cornerstone of your college experience, why do you have to be effed up to do it? If it's so great, why do you have, why are you always effed up right. when you do that? And it was fascinating how the males tended to respond very differently than the females, and neither group had any idea what the other were thinking. And uh, sort of calling that all out and letting them talk about it does tend to help it a bit. Because you see, mm-hmm. there's very different motivational priorities going on for the most part. So uh, it's it's until they get honest about what they're all experiencing, it's it's you know they're going to be anxious as hell, and that ex- yeah. that alcohol is just to kind of quench that, amongst other things the anxiety. The, the the females, by the way, will say that they do it to make sure they don't have any feelings. Forget it. The men will say it's anxiety. The females say, the males say anxiety. The females say just so I don't have any feelings at all. Right. Kind of sad. I- I've connected it to rejection. I'm, an, I'm obsessed with rejection. Well, I love rejection. <laughs> and uh, like you the mean king practice of it. Practice rejection. Yeah, and you're right. right. That's what the men are anxious about, right? That's what they're, they get their sights right. set on something. They reject it. It's painful, and they don't want to feel that. So they don't want to remember it even. And, and right. you're absolutely right that if you're uh, blacking out, blacking out specifically is not a sign of a normal relationship with alcohol. That's a, a right. sign that something might be going on. Well, great. I'm so glad you're there. How old are you? Uh, you know, the question is big and there isn't really a, one specific answer, but I yeah. wanted to at least sh- at least connect because yeah. and I think that, uh, you know, it'd be wonderful to share to share more with you yes, offline yes. if you're interested. Oh, I'm 100 percent. I'm very interested. I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, you're doing it. Harlan, uh, let me see. How, you know, I broke up. But if there's if there's a way to do that, I would. Caleb, I would love Caleb to do is going to yes. tell you right now. Uh, if if I may also just toss this out there, I knew I recognized your name, and it's because I was given the naked roommate like 10 something, 15, however many years ago, whenever I was going into college and it absolutely, <laughs> wow. I read the whole thing in my rush to get to college. And that's, that really definitely helped me. I was like, I know who this, I know this guy's name. So I, if you please uh, reach crazy, out to us man. at drdrew.com, just email contact at drdrew.com Maybe and I'll contact I'll yeah, contact it. And, and of course, Caleb is giving you a compliment the way all my people always give me. Oh, you helped me so much. And I helped. Thank you for getting me to college. I left four months later. But anyway, thank you for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, <that's right. laughs> but you made it, man. You're here. Yeah, you made it. it. Your own, you were your own choice. It was your own. <laughs> yeah, you got there. Exactly. It's so funny. I always get the, the uh, you helped me so much. And so I'm in recovery now. I was a heroin addict for 10 years. But anyway, <laughs> it takes what it takes. All right, but listen, Harlan, I look forward to uh, touching base with you, right? That's cool. Right. Thanks for the you space, bet. guys. You Thanks bet. for what you do. All right, you bet. You bet. Okay, Mac Zig, this is. Let's see what this is all about. Um, I'm going to try to get that name right. Mac Zig 6, you're up here. 
with whatever it is you like to talk about. Uh, let me read a little bit off Facebook here. Stacy says, I didn't get the vaccine. I heard so many horror stories. Wanted to go on a cruise. Uh, wasn't even an option to go into quarantine status. So I went to Vegas instead. I know I may have to get the vaccine because of going to Europe. Um, even though I clearly do not need it. I've had the J&J vaccine. I had Delta. I had Omicron. I've been exposed to Omicron multiple times in closed spaces and didn't get it. So, But I, I think you can get a doctor's note and i've had or say you had if you had it within 190 days Uh, of traveling you can get a release to travel from your physician which i did because i had the booster in december and then i got covid twice so but i think you can also get another letter from your doctor they're starting to loosen up a little bit But you have to prove that either shouldn't have the vaccine or you've already had COVID. Back on Rumble, Tamron is saying, interesting how this all coincides with a court ruling against social media for censorship practices. EUA should be rescinded for all vaccines, blah, blah, blah. But uh, she's got a point there uh, that that Alex Berenson had yet another uh, win on social media. Okay, what's going on there, Max Zig? Yes, I to talk about what happened yesterday with the president and what he said. Um, I happen to be have cancer and a very severe form of cancer. What kind of, what kind of and, cancer is uh, that? What kind of cancer do you have? Uh, triple negative metastatic mm-hmm. Breast. cancer. And yeah. also, yes, and also it's in the lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have had had to have all the vaccines mm-hmm. and also been warned. Mm-hmm. Stay away from anyone with. Um, yes, you should COVID. be wearing. You should be wearing N95 if you're out of a. Yeah, I do have it. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, is it, how irresponsible was it? For him to say he was just stating the fact we are out of the pandemic phase we're into the endemic phase it's just a fact I happen to it, live in it, it is it is a fact it is a fact we are out of the pandemic and we are into the endemic now you need to protect yourself at all costs you need to be fully vaccinated you need to be have packs of it on hand and you need to wear an n95 mask if you're going out of doors with with the cancer burden that you've got people who are at risk which I take care of a lot of, still need to be carefully, not because we're in a pandemic, we're in an endemic. This is a virus that will be around for a thousand years. And it, an endemic phase is just like many other coronaviruses, we learn how to manage and live with it. Uh, this is Michael, I think. Michael, yep. Get, whoops. Uh, Michael, come on up here. Michael. Hello. Hi there. Hey, Dr. Drew, how are you? Good, what's happening? Uh, yeah, so uh, my name's Mike, um, and, you know, I've had a severe reaction mm-hmm. uh, about 19 months ago mm-hmm. from, you know, my injection. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it started off with, like, intense head pressure, and then it led mm-hmm. to uh, the inability to walk, the inability to speak. Oh, boy. Uh, how old are you? I had... Uh, I'm 30, well, I'm 37. I was 37 at the time. I'm 38 now. And how long ago? Oh, so it was like a year ago you took it? Nin- 19 months, yeah. Okay. And um, So ahead. since then. Which, which vaccine? Since, did, that was your first dose or second dose of something? First dose of Moderna, yeah. The mm. symptoms started the day after. Mm. Wow. Um, so since then, long story short, I've developed uh, neuropathy, head to toe pretty much, mm. uh, insane muscle twitching in my legs, my feet, my biceps, my eyes, my back. 
Uh, I've lost 33 pounds. Mm. Um, I have petite seizures that have that were been that have been diagnosed. Um, so you know, I, I mean, there's not really a question here. I mean, I guess I guess the question would be, I mean, do you feel like? I mean, do you feel like we're ever going to kind of heal from from this? I mean, we don't even really know I, what's going I, on. I, I think, know it's. I think. All right, first, you you bring up a point. <laughs> I, I I this seems so matter of fact to me, but I'm going to say it. Okay. We're not going to get better unless we get honest about everything in relation right. to this pandemic. Right. That the lockdowns didn't work, that masking didn't work, that N95s have some utility for somebody at risk. They can protect themselves, much like a doctor walking in a room with an infectious disease can protect him or herself. The vaccines help elderly patients. Under 40 and certainly under 30, there are some grave concerns. And we need to to get honest about what those concerns are. I have heard stories like yours. They are horrible. I hate to hear it. I've heard of sudden death, other things. I can't yeah. tell yet because they're being so circumspect about the data. I really can't tell in some sort of standard of care sort of way, some some agreed upon consensus about how common what happened to you and other people is. I right. you know, I, am I talking to you, somebody who was one in ten million or one yep. in a thousand? And even yep. if it's one in ten thousand. Is that worth the risk versus the risk of COVID for you? Right. And and that's right. the that's the thing that nobody is being honest and clear about. In the meantime, right. the CDC says we're just streamlining our messaging. Just twelve and above, take it. Twelve and above, take yeah. it. And in the meantime, yep. I don't know if you saw those uh, ads in New York for myocarditis. Like, how to tell if you have myocarditis? Myocarditis yeah. is common enough now that we have to. We have to show commercials about how to recognize the yeah. symptoms in children and yeah. young adults. So I am, I am, I am just, I, I am mortified at the lack of clarity, even right. in areas where we we don't know. We should at least be clear that we don't know yet. And so, right. someone like you, if you went into this thing and knew what your risk reward was, this yeah. wouldn't be, you wouldn't suffer as much. But well, you now the, are sitting here going, God, maybe I shouldn't have done this at all. And that and, makes your suffering right. worse. So the thing is, right, is that like if if I knew the risks, I knew yes. what I could have. You know yes. what I mean? I knew what I was getting into. Yes. And and, and what's what's really crazy is that um, I'm a part of a, a bunch of support groups. Uh, we, we're we starting to find each other. Yeah. And the, the biggest group that we have has about a, it's, it's about twenty seven thousand and so far. And what I've noticed is that most of the symptoms are neurological yeah. and about 70% of them are women. Um, well, that's true. And, it is more common in women and, and it is in, I would imagine the most common is sort of fatigue and shortness of breath, that kind of stuff, right? That's the most Well, common. in our group, in our group, unfortunately it's, it's full body seizures. It's on a on abilities to speak. It's, um, yeah, you know, people, people have been, uh, you know, paralysis, the list goes on and on and on a lot. Of, there's a lot of MCAS situations where people are breaking out in, in different kinds of uh, vasculitis. And yeah, it's, so, so hold on. So hold messy. on. I want to ask some questions about that. And by the way, sure. I am Skylar. Sad that Drew ditched Adam Carolla. I do a podcast with Adam Carolla. I speak to him every day and I do a podcast with him three days a week. So is that, is that, is that ditching him? I'm not sure. Check it uh, out, the Adam and Drew show yeah. on drdrew.com. Is it Adam and Dr. Drew or Adam and Drew? Adam and Drew show. Okay. Um, so listen, my question, I have a sort of more- th- Or where uh, you listen to your podcast. Diagnostic question for you. Did sure. they do a nerve biopsy on you? And if not, why not? 
I can't get it approved. Um, oh. I, I, I'm, I'm almost positive that I have some kind of small, small fiber neuropathy. Yeah, and, um, and you know those are treatable. Exactly. And if you don't have the actual tissue, it's really hard to know exactly which process is going on because there's many different kinds of these polyneuropathies. You have exactly. to get that. You have to get I, that. I completely agree. You I've been to, to seven that. different specialists. and You have um, to get that. I'm sure they all yeah. recommended it. You need a sural nerve biopsy and that's it. Okay. If I were you, oh my God, I would get an attorney because you're, yeah. you're risking this thing progressing and without right. it needing to progress. That's what um, I'm afraid of. Uh, I'm afraid of for you. I, I, that upsets me so much. Uh, that okay. I, I hate bad medicine. It drives me insane. And, yeah, when, I mean, and when insurance company dictate what is should be well, talk about standard problem. of care should be just basic care. Maybe you can go. Uh, can you get? Uh, God. So I I had I had an uh, um, um, an EEG done, uh, forty eight hour EEG done. Yeah. And they found they found transient spikes on that EEG. I'm not surprised. Then, you said you have Epsos, so that makes right. sense. And then but, somehow somehow my insurance wound up denying it. So now I owe twelve thousand oh, no, dollars. You have to appeal and appeal and appeal. They they make their yeah, money yeah. by 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 wearing you out. I think you need yeah. an attorney or something. This is craziness. I agree. Uh, I agree. Well, listen, I am so sorry. It makes me insane to hear these stories, but but I'm glad you brought it to us so people get a sense of the range of what's going on. Do you want to tell people what the um, uh, organization is you've been involved with? Okay, people. Uh, yeah. So it um, there's a there's the, the biggest organi organization is React 19. Uh, React. I think it's React C 19. Mm -hmm. um, the Facebook the Facebook group and, and and some of the Telegram groups they're 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 private groups, unfortunately, because we don't really want people getting in there and bots and everything else. Yeah. Uh, because the biggest group that we had on Facebook almost reached 90,000 and it got deleted. And these are so, all not just long COVID patients. These are specifically vaccine reaction patients. These are 90% of them are, are, are vaccine injured. Yeah. Uh, and the crazy thing is, yeah. is that we share all the same symptoms as, as the long haulers because no, we I started know. connecting with it, long haulers. It, it's, it's some of the worst of long hauler stuff is, is represented by vaccine reactions. Uh, yeah. which is weird. I mean, why would the, it's just weird. I don't know what to make of that yet, but yeah, I've had yes, friend, sir. I have a very good friend that had horrible long haul, uh, yep. for months disabling long haul. And, yep. um, all right. So anyway, we'll leave it at that. And I, <laughs> I thank apologize. you for calling in. Let us know how you're doing to get that serial nerve biopsy. Okay. Thank you, sir. I okay. appreciate it. You have bet. a good day. You got it. Right, I cannot tell you how disturbing that is that just basic medical care can't be provided. So I mentioned earlier, uh, I was going to talk a little bit more about uh, Dr. President Biden's comments about ending the pandemic. Let, let's actually look at what he said. So this is a 60-minute interview. Let's uh, get a look at that interview and see if we can kind of parse it out a little President, bit. Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. He's he, he's right. I mean, he's just he's just right. I, I appreciate the candor. I appreciate the matter of factness because that is the fact that people are not wearing masks. Masks didn't work anyway, so we wouldn't expect much of a difference with people not wearing masks in terms of you transmitting to somebody else. But that that we are in this sort of fate. You know, I started I, okay. Uh, there's another thing I think we have to do, but again, there, there's aspects of ending the, the pandemic phase that I had not thought about in terms of people that are acquired Medicaid and, uh, emergency use authorizations. There's a lot of things that sort of unravel as a result of ending the pandemic per se, but when are you going to do it then? 
When when do we do that? I, and now is the time. I mean, now is the time. Clearly, it was supposed to only last two weeks. Remember? <laughs> yes, I do remember two weeks to bend the curve. Of Turned course, to two years. That. But um, I want to say something here that is extremely challenging, and I want to I want to acknowledge that this is a difficult topic for people to get their head around. And I am not talking. I I don't want people to. Um, accuse me of saying it's okay that this disease killed older people or that we shouldn't protect the at-risk population that's who i treat i treat you know that's who gets sick so i treat lots of elderly patients a lot of people die well what i want people to start thinking about is you know the polio coming around made me start thinking about this and i just want you to kind of kind of let this into your thinking a disease that affects young people we we think in terms of years of life lost. That's some of the ways we think about disease and infectious diseases. So an eleven year old gets polio, that is seventy years of life lost. Seventy years. A nursing home patient, the average life expectancy of a male admitted to a nursing home in most studies is about six months. If you're so severely debilitated that you need institutional care, you need people right, you know, dealing with your bowels and feeding you and turning you, your life expectancy is about six months. So it would literally take 140 elderly patients to, to create the years of life lost of one 11-year-old. So I just, I, you know, and as we're getting into this phase of the pandemic now, when you, you, I, well, this made me think about this too. People ask, what, what did Queen Elizabeth II die of? What do you, she didn't die of, she, she died of advanced age, but something triggers the death. And what things trigger it? Respiratory viruses or urine infections. It used to be pneumonia. Pneumonia. But from, now pneumonia is COVID. Pneumonia from respiratory viruses. Yeah. That's My what, grandma died of that. She broke her hip. She went in the nursing home and she got different. pneumonia and she It's a she little that's different. She that was is, 93. That is different. The hip fracture and pneumonias can be aspiration and other things. But but the but the way that humans die of advanced age is respiratory viruses. That that is what one of the ways anyway. And and I just think people need to put that in context of what we're fighting here as it becomes endemic. If it's not COVID, it's another respiratory virus. And so it, it's different. And why there's not more alarm about polio to me is astonishing. But it's, you have to kind of, you have to be able to contextualize these different infectious diseases. And that's what I've been trying to do since the beginning is help people understand. That's why, you know, I don't have the textbooks with me, but I hold up those infectious disease textbooks. That's all the stuff that's waiting to get you out there. If we're going to have a safety Uber Alice policy and no infectious disease ever kill a human, we're going to have to sit in a, we're going to have to be bubble boys, every single one of us and never move because infectious diseases are common, really common. And by the way, those of you that are interested in equity, our international equity in terms of how we manage these illnesses is crappy, is piss poor. We don't do a good job of controlling dengue fever. We don't do a good job of controlling um, the, the, the helminthic, the, the, worm, the worm infections, the oral fecal infections. We do a horrible job at that. 
and we're in what people need to think about. We're on the on the precipice of having doing a bad job in this country because we have hundreds of thousands of people on the West Coast living on our streets who defecate in the streets, and that is washed into our river, and that goes out to the ocean without any treatment. There's no sewage treatment. It's literally a city the size of some a city on Long Island or, or Pasadena. The entire sewage of that city just going out into the into the water every day. No treatment into the ocean, no problem. So we, we have to really, we should be worrying about these things as much as we worry about many of the other things that are around us endemically that can hurt elderly people. Uh, and we have to kind of think in terms of keeping them safe from that. So I just thought, I don't know, does that make sense? Susan, am I making sense trying, trying to bring that topic up? I guess. No? You didn't like it? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a striking striking endorsement. I thank you for that. I'm reading the. Uh, never mind. I don't want to tell you. Uh, you're reading. You're reading. Um, whatever's going on on Rumble. I yeah, should look at that. Asshole. Yeah, I'm. One? I'm responding to some of these crazy comments. I, I it it oh, it's so okay. ridiculous how many people that they actually seem to believe that you're being paid by a vaccine company to push the vaccines when they don't how understand would that the law for one thing, how does it even work? But even so for one yeah. thing, if you were a physician, you have to disclose this, but even if you weren't a physician, yeah, the FTC maybe, rules oh, require to us to disclose. to disclose. In the old and, days that used to happen. That used to happen. Like doctors would get Oh, 40 sick. years well, ago. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't but, happen. But anymore. How would it work? How would that happen? I give a vaccine and then some company pays me for that. Yeah, vaccine. Is that, yeah. how would that work? No, How's it doesn't exist. Not only is anymore. it illegal, Illegal. I mean, seriously illegal. They yeah, can't even you bring can lose your license. that drug company can't even bring a pen into my office right. to do promotion. Well, they used to do that. So they used course, to do that. Of in course, the that's what people and think they stopped. That, but, and it, yeah, yes, you yes. can't because it's illegal. But how would it work? That's like incredible. But that, that was when doctors made money. <laughs> I guess that's true. Doctors don't make money it. anymore. <laughs> that's true. I mean, listen, we have GenuCell. They're a great sponsor, and they they help us out. But you're not also not being paid by Paxlovid to talk about it either. No, 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 no. No, I mean everything you talk about is no, just I, to get I, education. I do, I do. We have done work for that company, Petros Pharmaceutical, regarding issues around erectile function and male sexuality. We've done a Unbranded yeah, they're our sponsor that, so. now. So. Yeah, but yeah. look at how many disclosures men. are all over. Like it's very oh, oh, obvious oh. and clear. It's oh. so it, there's right. there's hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I will not. I would not do some work for a company that a I did not believe strongly in the product, and b that they we were not disclosing everything we possibly exactly. could. Exactly. So I mean, you used to be able to do that back in the you know. In so the Maverick says there's a list maybe. of doctors who are given funds to support the the COVID vaccine. Um, that doesn't even make sense. They must have been given funds to go speak on behalf of the vaccine to do educational forums. That doctors do get paid to do educational, but not not without a lot of disclosure, as you said. It's a, it's available publicly that information. Uh, let's see. So anyway, whatever the thing. I I am interested in what helps people. We've been through a horrible thing this pandemic. Uh, I lost lots of patients. I see lot. I saw lots of horrible COVID. And I saw lots of mild COVID and not so bad COVID. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's, it's something that I'm interested in helping our patients with. And as usual, the sort of middle zone is probably where the truth and reality lies. Like uh, on Tim Pool's podcast, 
I talked about how we that Paxlovid is clearly helpful in patients over 65. And Luke said, yeah, they, he read some data where it says, you know, under 65, not, we don't. Under 65, we don't know what we're doing because we don't have any data. That's the thing. Now, what I told, what I, the story I told on that show is I said my daughter had received Paxlovid and she, um, by her doctor, I didn't prescribe it, of course. And she's young, but she's, she's and, and she was very sick, so. and maybe she shouldn't have gotten it. I don't know. It's between her and her doctor. Well, she, yeah. She's, but it did yeah. seem to me that she didn't get a rebound, but she got reinfected very, very quickly, which made me think. In two hmm, months. Yeah, I wonder if Paxlovid interferes with the immunity that we should be generated from Pax, from uh, COVID. So I mentioned that, and I will say it again: we don't know what we're doing at Paxlovid under the age of sixty-five, though doctors are entitled to prescribe it at at their clinical judgment as they think fit. Now over 65, we know it keeps people out of the hospital, it prevents death, it's very, very helpful. We know it for sure, that data is in. Um, so don't don't confuse what doctors are doing versus what we know for sure the science tells us we should be doing. We are sometimes doing things based on our clinical impressions and the science takes quite a bit of time to catch up with that or to tell us we were wrong in what we were doing. Uh, Susan, you were trying to say something. We're I'm like sorry. human guinea pigs. Like they have nope. to study it now. We have to go back and look at everything and all the details and find out what was good and what was bad about mm -hmm. it. Th those aren't the best studies. I mean, they have to do more randomized control studies in different age group. Now, Dr. Um, Harvey Reese said something very provocative on this show. We can get back and get more into which he was saying that the power of the vast majority of the randomized controlled studies done in this country, meaning the, the number of people or the number of outcomes that, that are generated, aren't sufficient for those studies really to tell us anything, which I thought that was a very interesting and provocative statement. So I was anxious to bring him back for that. Uh, let's see, this is sort of Pussycats or Kelly and the Pussycats or something. Is that what I'm seeing? Kelly and cats. Okay, Kelly and cats. What's up? Your mic is muted still. Uh, do I need to take a break? Oh, there you are. There's a bit of a lag. Sorry. Um, so I was wondering, um, really quick, let me step outside real quick. If you could talk about um, long-term ADHD medication use mm -hmm. um, from childhood to adulthood. My okay. husband was drugged up when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, and he doesn't use it anymore, but I feel like it kind of messed up his, um, I guess, emotional responses to mm -hmm. things now mm -hmm. as an adult. Like, I feel like he doesn't know how to regulate himself. Interesting. So, um, does he get any kind of therapy? Um, not at the moment, insurance okay. stuff. <laughs> All right. And, and you know, people with ADHD can have trouble in their emotions, right? right? That could be part of the syndrome. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I agree sure. with you. I, I agree with you that people need to, I, I worry about these medications interfering with the normal arc of development, particularly in the capacity for emotional regulation, because people that are straight to the point that emotions are too prolonged and too negative tend to gravitate to behaviors mm -hmm. and substances to try to regulate that because they can't retake, they can't regulate it well autonomously. And that is a great place for therapy to work. Therapy can build a regulatory system. So that's what I would want for him. In terms of the data on ADHD medication, ADD medication, the psychostimulants, we both overprescribe and underprescribe at the same time. 
Uh, I have grave concerns when non-mental health professionals prescribe it. Pediatricians prescribe probably the majority of it. I think that's a that's very, very concerning to me. Uh, they are plenty of areas of the country where kids are underserved by mental health and so get no treatment for anything. And I have concerns mm -hmm. after the age of 18 where I've seen psychostimulants become a problem. So uh, I, early on in the 90s and early 2000s, that's an interesting bird. Um, in 2000. <laughs> I'm in Florida. Uh, it's, yeah, sounds like it. Um, <laughs> the, we, I was watching this literature very, very carefully because we were seeing all the meth come in. I thought, well, of course, they're creating all the meth addicts from all the psychostimulants they're using in childhood. But the data was very clear that the kids that were treated had a lower incidence of addiction. It was super clear. It was good data and it was super clear. So it's really more about a the fact that it should be a real mental health professional needs to be formally diagnosed even with psych testing if possible it needs to be followed by a mental health professional mm -hmm. and every case possible tr get them off the meds or try something other than meds you know to do things as mm -hmm. as thoroughly as you possibly can so I, I am with parents that have concerns about the overprescribing even though the data is clear it is in terms of character development and in terms of reducing risk of addiction. I don't know any data that says specifically that affects emotional regulation, but I have been concerned about that. I've been very concerned about that. So it makes he, sense he, to me. He talks, he talks a lot about um, like how he doesn't remember a lot of his childhood. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think, and then also with how his medication made him feel like he was just did like a freaking eight ball or something, you know? Mm. And, um, so I feel like those two are connected, and it makes that, sense. That he just, it, it doesn't yeah. sound it doesn't sound good. I, I who prescribed it? No, I have no idea. I mean, he started taking this stuff when he was probably like, he was like a kid, kid. Yeah. You know, he was probably like Maybe. eight. You know. Yeah. Yeah. God, so, you want to get um, off of that? I mean, that's. But he, I, he bet, it, all, I, I bet it was his now. pediatrician and not even a mental health professional. That's what kills me. Probably he has yeah. a psych now, but he doesn't have um, like a like a in person therapist or anything like that. Um, there, there's opportunity here. That's what that he would respond really well. To that it seems to me. Okay? okay. All right. Word. Good luck. Word <laughs> indeed. Thank you. Thank you for your call. We got to take a little break. Be right back. For a long time, I've been talking about the holy grail of skincare, Genucel, and the amazing results that both Susan and I have seen. I'm a big fan of Genucel's Silky Smooth XV. It's a moisturizer soaked right into my skin instantly, and with its immediate effects, I saw fine lines and wrinkles visibly disappear within 12 hours. Susan loves Genucel's vitamin C serum, infused with the purest vitamin C, absorbs to the deepest layer of the skin thanks to Genucel's proprietary skincare technology. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great. I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time, and I'm so excited because it's actually working. And right now, Genucel has bundled my favorite products and Susan's for you to try today for up to 60% off retail pricing. That's right. Save up to 60% on my favorite Genucel products today. Just go to Genucel.com Drew to see what's in our bundles and receive an extra 10% off at checkout when you enroll in their personal concierge at checkout. That again is genucel.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash D-R-E-W. The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. 
Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh, boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, oh, boy. <laughs> he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor Mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247. Pet Club 247. Uh, welcome back. Somebody uh, very uh, hysterically accused you and me of shilling for the smooth skin industrial complex. It's very funny. <laughs> That's true. That's, <laughs> it's very funny. Very funny. How do you expect um, us to feed uh, baby Camden? And look at this. Okay? Look at right. this. And Sylar, Sylar is saying, I used to trust Drew, but before he went full vax, Mask mandate. <laughs> wow. Uh, Siler, I'm worried about your ability to listen and, and your concentration <laughs> skills. That's very concerning because I have been against mandates from the beginning. Uh, I don't know. I, They're projecting all their anger on you, Drew. Today? Today's yeah, the day? on Rumble, yeah. We have a 1,100 people over there chatting it up all right well if they would like to come over to um twitter space i just it's just funny how they're saying these things about you that are totally untrue and it's just like and then they but they keep repeating themselves and mm. when i get the Maybe repeat question over and over yeah it's like i saw it okay no well when i want to ask my... want to bring tell me what they are so i can address them Listen, if you want to get on the phone go over to twitter spaces raise your hand and you can ask him whatever you want okay he'll answer you yeah, and the caps have to go. Drew's role is to cause as much confusion surrounding anything COVID BS. He has been given specific orders. <laughs> Who gave me the orders? I don't know, maybe God. Who gave me the orders? Who gives you your orders? <laughs> oh my God, this is great. That's uh, pretty funny. <laughs> it's so interesting to hear how people think. Listen, um, I mean, it is confusing. This whole thing has been confusing because, you know, at the beginning well, we were all running out. We're getting our vaccines and we did it and we felt so proud of ourselves. And now we're like, should we do it again? You know what? Do I they a, even work? I, I had a really Am interesting... Am I going to have a heart attack? Like, yeah. Jesus. Yes, yes. That, that's right. Because we've seen things Because come out we were in a different situation exactly. before. And we're, then we, we are We were now. taking orders and we had well, to. We no, wanted to travel. No, we were all scared and none of us wanted this thing and it was killing people. And yeah. we had, saw this thing that looked good. Yeah. And uh, we all yeah, went and got it. You didn't it. need the vaccine. You got COVID. I, I didn't think I needed it either, but I took it for our travel. Right. Because and we had to have our papers. Yeah. And so. That, okay. Those are the people we were listening to. We had to do it. But. Yeah. And we're st I'm trying to get out of doing it again because I think it's BS. But. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So I, I was 
Uh, but shoot. we're not trying to be confusing. We're just I'm trying to I'm confused now because I was trying to make a point. Maybe doctors, you need to speak to your doctor about your own medical yes, health. Yes, of Everybody, course. Make the decision If you haven't with your had doctor. the vaccine and you're good, congratulations. We're so happy for you. And we'd like you to be healthy and happy for the rest of your life. You know, that's not, we're not telling uh, you you're wrong. So can doctors still get in trouble for, if they want to use forbidden treatments? P. George. Uh, yeah, they can. And there's a new bill in California that's going to make it very, very serious. And very, they'll be considered anything off the standard of care, particularly as it pertains to the forbidden treatments, will be considered misinformation. And those doctors' licenses will be very, very seriously endangered. Uh, that is one of the very clear things about that AB 2098. And they were clear with me about it. They, they were reassuring when I spoke to the president of the Board of Medical Quality Assurance. But she was quite clear about this one thing, that the these things... Uh, they weren't going to tolerate. So interesting. Thankfully, they don't seem to work very well. They don't do very much. And we have lots of very, very effective therapies out there. So it's not not a big issue in terms of patient safety. So, all right, I completely forgot what I was trying, the point I was trying to make. So let's go back to your calls here. Uh, Andre, I'm going to bring him up here. Andre's a physician. Give him a chance to talk. Andre, going on. What's that? Oh, you're muted there. Metaphysician, interesting. Andre, want to hear all about this? Yeah, there's a little lag today. Yeah, because we're in New York, so he'll he'll get here. Andre, your mic is still muted in the lower left hand corner. You have to. There you are. Hey, what's going on, sir? Hi, how are you? Excellent. How's everyone? Very well. Yeah, I'm actually in transit, so yeah, and actually I heard my name, and I'm like, oh, okay. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just tuned in, just seeing. You know what the topic is about. I just briefly read it, so, so let me log in right quickly. What are your thoughts? So, what what kind of medicine are you practicing? Uh, internal medicine. So same as me, and and what are your thoughts about where we're at these days? Any uh, sort of sweeping <laughs> impressions about where where are you? It's another important part. What, I, I'm in the Detroit, Michigan area. Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah. So, um, on the heels of COVID. <laughs> We got a chance, of course, to see so much uh, that we need, uh, and especially um, I work in the directly in the, in the core of the city. Um, so, of course, we see a whole lot of um, different issues and, and matters that need to be addressed for sure uh, in the health department. Or just in medicine and art. So, let, 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 so, so if I'm hearing you accurately, it's uh, I'm, I'm gonna put words in your mouth, but I'm gonna see if I'm hearing you right. Just which tease is, it out. Huh? Which is, which is, there's, there's a lot of shit we have to deal with in medicine. That's oh going my god! Yes. <laughs> and COVID needs to be put in context. Would that be exactly. about accurate? Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 There's so yeah. M- I, this is what I keep saying. I when I do these streams, I hold up a textbook of pediatric and text, uh, infectious diseases and infectious diseases. They're about you know 1,700 pages, and I just say this yeah. is this is the context. There's all these right. things going on in our country and around the world that we are having to contend with. Some of it we're doing a good job with. Some what a terrible job with. But to focus yeah. only on one illness is going to harm people. It just is. Absolutely. So, well, thank you for doing that work in the inner cities. How's the homeless situation going? Uh, the, yeah, that's a problem as well. 
yeah. especially in, in the Detroit area. Uh, I mean, you don't just so much see it uh, on the streets in in mass, but we do know that it does exist. You know, yeah. people have you know learned how to adapt. Yeah. About to jump on the shuttle. <laughs> I'm have to. So I'm actually just getting off work. So I'm gonna have to mute again. All right. So I'll let you. I appreciate you coming here. You're welcome anytime. Your observations are welcome. Uh, any of my peers' observations, or either to challenge me, or to to clarify, or give your own point of view, whatever it might be, you are always welcome, Andrea. Thank you for being here, and thank you for the work. More importantly, uh, Sean, what's up there? Doctor Drew. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Sean. Uh, I have a wife that suffers from uh, borderline personality. Mm -hmm. and um, we've been together for about seven years. We have a set of twins with that are three years old. I come from a trauma past. I've been listening to you since I was little. Um, she comes from a light trauma past, so it's hard for me to understand where she got it from. Um, well, borderline is associated with trauma, but it's not as though not that's... Always. Yeah, not always. And, and so tell she us, is, how, how does it manifest she, with her? How are, what well, are you experiencing? all traditional flags as well as she's physically abusive mm. in her her raging in her episodes mm. um and of course after seven years i'll have reactive abuse to her because uh, i both my my mother and my stepmother were uh, alcoholics and drug addicts and they both physically abused as well okay um so it, it became that much easier for me to accept it and to hide it yeah uh I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty devastated because I wanted to not bring my kids into chaos, and that's what I ended up doing. Isn't it crazy um, how we just repeat, repeat, repeat? It's really incredible. It's the, the extraordinary thing about the human being. Even when we're clear we're not repeating it, we end up repeating it. Uh, though it's Absolutely. usually by, but I will tell you this, that you whatever you repeat in, in this generation tends to be a lesser version, tends to be a lesser version of whatever you were subjected to. So that's the good news. And and you live in a time now when there's lots of great treatments is, available. Is it truth about remission? Can she go through she started to do she started to do therapy. She started to to work on things. She's accepted some stuff that she's done. Mm -hmm. uh, not all she's in denials for some stuff. She still blames me for a lot and she's a she plays victim on almost yeah. everything. Well, of course. Um, um what kind of therapy is she getting? Do you know what kind of treatment? Uh, well, she she did she tried dialectic before. What happened? I don't I don't, I mean, I don't, it, 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 sorry, it went away for a bit, which I guess people would say either she was hiding it or she was in remission, but after she gave birth to the twins, oh, yeah. it has layered up like well, of crazy. Course, of course, the stress. Of course, and I understand why, I get, yeah. I understand the hormones. My, yeah. father's a, my father's a surgeon, but he's yeah. very robotic and he's a vascular surgeon, so he, he doesn't show emotion with me and he only is logics with me so his advice to me is to get the hell out and mm. take the kids yeah oh, no. yeah yeah that's rough uh well dbt does work it's the main treatment that works in this uh, she's not using drugs is she borderlands could use uh, a drug too. she was uh she i would say she was abusing cannabis a bit mm. uh okay. but she's also on uh uh uh, a, a, a mood stabilizer and um before we were married she was not borderline diagnosed she was i guess misdiagnosed with um uh, bipolar mm -hmm. which is common yeah. some people believe yeah. that there's sort of a continuum bipolar and borderline 
Um, so, all right. So uh, I've read all the books I've done okay. walking on it. Okay. Sorry, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. That's good. That's all great. Uh, and you know, you could argue that having someone, you know, that you could rely on for support would be important as well and sort of help strategize what you're doing with her. But the most important thing was for her to get DBT because the, the borderline disorder never goes away, but the features can be diminished markedly it's really I, I always think about dbt as helping the borderline keep other people's mind in mind as they have their episodes in other words right. you know they they can some of them black out and red out or whatnot but she, others she calls it black out. all right but if you can if she can learn to manage what's happening as she goes into it and keep the the fact that your brain continues to have contents, you know, and that her behavior will affect other people and her children. You can usually motivate by saying, "Hey, this is not going to work well for the kids, too." So, uh, but but maybe a DBT group would be a better yeah. thing for her. You thought about Absolutely. that? I have thought about. It. I, I um I I from I'm separated, so we are, are text communicating only, okay. and we do hands off hand off with the kids with somebody there. Okay. Um, but she gets triggered very easily at this point. Everything's very raw. <laughs> okay. Okay. It, 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 within a month, it's very fresh. I mean, years of me hiding it, but I I woke up a month ago. All right. Well, go, well, good. So you're very early and really taking care of this properly. And uh, give yourself a little breathing room. Be patient with her. Get her. If she doesn't have proper care, things are not going to get better. So get the proper care. But I, I get the sense that a DBT group might be very helpful for her. And no, no special reason other than that she'd had previous DBT. It didn't, didn't sustain. Maybe a group would be something that she can. Also, when you have twins, the time for it is intense. And so, yeah, it's rough. Susan, you're, you're, you're sort of feeling compassionately towards her. Yeah, yeah. And and him too. Borderline's rough. Really a borderline disorder is, you know, a lot of hostility and rage and uh, fears of abandonment, and yet they will abandon as a way of preventing abandonment. And there can be lots of um, nasty things in, in their in their moments. You know, when things happen. Okay, this is a man maniac of all trades, I think. Here, <laughs> maniac. That sounds like you. Yeah. Maniac of all maniac trades. Of Thank all. you for that. Uh, <laughs> There's a little lag. Sorry, guys. It just takes a few before they can hear. You have to unmute yourself, though. Flush the toilet. Okay. There he is. Yeah. Hey there. You're on. Hello, Dr. Mommy. This is Dr. Mommy. Hey, man. Aloha. Hey, uh, so I'm actually... Aloha. Yes. Hey, Hitler. <laughs> I'm actually about some stuff that's relevant to your mom's house. Okay. I know... Nadav and also obviously hopefully Bert at some point are both kind of on this weight loss journey. This, so, it seems, so it seems? Hopefully, yes. Uh, I personally, at my unhealthiest, was 230 pounds and around 25% body fat. Okay. But at the end of my journey, I was 220 pounds and around 7% body fat. Oh, wow. So, Good for you. Did you take something? Sounds like steroids. Did you do something? Uh, no, man. It was a long process. It was wow. like a year or a year and a half. And eventually, after I went down in weight, the weight kind of started to come back up. But as, I know that as, as muscle, you're talking about. Exactly, yeah, yes. Yeah, and yeah. I know that a lot of the time, people are doing cardiovascular training and strength training simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if they're only looking at the scale as a measure of progress, mm-hmm. I just don't think that it's a really accurate representation. 
And I've been uh, having this thought for a while when I watch you on Dr. Drew After Dark talking yeah. to the Booth Boys. Yeah. But it was just something that I wanted your opinion on. And oh, whether uh, it was a, a thousand, a thousand percent. But, but everybody is somewhat different with these things. Some people are highly, you know, affected by carbohydrates. Some people are highly affected by total calories. Some people can't build muscle no matter what they do. Some people, they can lose fat while they build muscle. So it's, it's, I am no expert in this. And there are a lot of trainers and things that really feel that they kind of know what they're doing. Um, but what, what, what was, from standpoint of your biology, what would you say worked for you? Um, I think focusing on my macronutrients and my caloric intake. Okay, like so, how I was dividing so, up my daily caloric yeah, so, intake. So eating consciously with a focus on calories. How about the workout? What did you do working out? Um, I was just kind of religious about it. I have fallen off because I think the reason I was mostly dedicated was because I had a very dedicated gym partner mm. while I was in college. And, and, but and after, yeah, was this just resenting? It was just weight training? Weight training, yeah, primarily, uh, as well as like uh, explosive training, I guess I would call it, athleticism stuff, like um, box jumps or yeah. any kind Got of uh, ability training. Okay, and so, but you would do it all, you were sort of working on the slow twitch muscle, you would do it all, you know, you'd take breaks in between everything, you'd do it intensively and then stop, right? Heavy weights, that kind of thing? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, oftentimes I would dedicate myself to B type muscles where I would be doing more low weight, high repetition to build endurance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But and, and that was something that I for me personally, like you said, we're all different. Yeah. I don't think there's a magic to this. I mean, there, there are some people that can lose weight just doing resistance, heavy resistance training. Some people will gain weight when they start doing that, not just because they're building muscle because it stimulates their appetite so much. So it's, oh, it's, yeah, I haven't even considered the appetite thing. Yeah. Oh my God. My, I know when I'm doing heavy weights, it goes insane and, uh, uh -huh. it becomes kind of an issue, but it, it's all, it is complicated. You kind of have to navigate your way through it, depending on what your particular biology is. I, I, I don't like the idea that, you know, it's one thing for all the one thing that having said, it's, I don't like having one thing for everybody limiting carbohydrates and starches does seem to be generally a good thing. We overdo that in this country for sure. Um, Susan, what are you laughing at there? You're uh, seeming color said Heil Hitler. Yes. Uh, Petty Letterman. <laughs> um, okay. He said, Hey Hitler is what he said. He didn't say Heil Hitler. He said, I hey he Hitler. said hi Hitler. He might've said hi Hitler also. So that is a reference to a video, uh, at your mom's house, which Penny. is a, she's like, she's like, what? So, so, yeah, so Patty, P-A-D-D-Y. So it, the, we watched these crazy videos at your mom's house, and one of the classic ones was this girl, psychotic, who did a video blog where she believed she was talking to Hitler every day, and she'd open her video blog with, hi, Hitler, every day. <laughs> and that, and calling each other genes and mommy, and then there was a guy named Fed Smoker that was a very serious meth addict who died of meth, who uh, in one of his acute uh, manic paranoid states was yelling at a security guard and telling him to touch his camera through the fence yeah. so now touch my camera through and the then fence he would say tata r word yeah tata r word there was a there's <laughs> a lot of greetings at your mom's house that are that are taken off these videos that are sort of classic from your mom's house world so that's what that is all about i know it's it confusing goes, when somebody says hey hitler yeah, and it sounds hitler, like Hail. hitler is the one that, that really <laughs> upsets everybody They're like why are they calling you hitler well rumble's or like mommy. full of comedians mommy. today they've been going off for like 15 minutes i've been laughing at their their oh, stuff good. Yeah, oh, good. We, we love having them there um anything else susan we have more questions coming in tomorrow 
I, I'm going to kind of wrap this up now. Um, we've been on for about 80 minutes or so. We have? Uh, yeah. No, am I, am I wrong? Hour. Am I wrong? One hour. Man? Caleb? Uh, yes. Yeah. You've been going oh. a little bit over an hour right now. Yeah. I, I, yeah okay. Yeah. Look at you. Uh. <laughs> and I know we're going to do it tomorrow as well. And so I want to leave some yes. of these questions for tomorrow. People will be back again. At, but uh, thanks to everybody who joined us on Rumble and Facebook and YouTube. And if anybody has any questions on YouTube, if you want to send us over a super chat, we can take a couple more questions before we go. Because we kind of, we've been ignoring the, you know, the questions on there on so. the on the restream yeah okay we'll let anybody follow up who has anything so if, I, also, if you see them you got to collect them out there for me if they move by too fast for yeah. me yeah and then um like us wherever you are and uh share if you care thank we you really kate uh, they like me at, on timcast i enjoyed working with those guys i ended up going to the casino with them afterwards did you know this caleb <laughs> there's no, a that sounds 10 fun. minutes away there's Hollywood Casino, or I don't want to... Hookers um, and Blow, um, everybody. Yeah, I, I, we played craps and blackjack for an hour, and then I went home. <laughs> that was you it. don't have to be in hell, Jep. You can, uh, Jehep, we were talking about that earlier. I go, you can go to a, a casino in Virginia. Uh, yeah, it, it was, it's beautiful territory, it is. Uh, so I want to close with some... <laughs> with Tim. What? With Tim. That's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Patty is also a joker. Uh, pan pandemic is over. Time for everybody to spread monkeypox. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was also disgusting the way we weren't allowed to talk about the risk population who we could have protected if we educated and protected and talked specifically about it. Yeah. Um, remember the the murder hornets that we, huh? that was the clickbait for, remember they had murder hornets? How many people died from those? Oh, the murder Zero. Hornets. <laughs> uh, Remember that? Well, this is what Andre was talking about a few minutes ago. His frustration that we feel when we're dealing with all these very serious medical illnesses that are just being underattended to because of one that is, you know, one is the one we have to solely focus on. The, they, call, they weren't murder the, hornets. They the, were killer hornets. No, murder, murder hornets, hornets. But the poor woman that we were talking to earlier today that had the breast cancer, she, there's many illnesses she has to protect herself yeah. from. Many. COVID is one of them. But let's go back to where we started here with the president making the comment about the, the epidemic being the pandemic being over. I think he's exactly right. I think what he said was, matter of fact, off the cuff, it was honest and it was correct. Now, the question remains, though, he said essentially, look, no masks, everyone's fine, everyone seems good, it's all milder, you know, we're not, not hospitals aren't filled up. People are dying, elderly people are dying of respiratory viruses, COVID being one of them, that's just the way it is, that's what happens. We still need to explain the excess deaths in many countries, we still need to explain the myocarditis and understand the incidence of that relative uh, to other risks of COVID itself. We need to know, much like that caller that called in a half an hour ago with severe long COVID from the vaccines, we need to know what that incidence is so we can help people make risk-reward decisions when it comes to whether or not they should take the vaccine. We are in a much better place. We just are in a much better place. New York is sort of back to its old self, though we notice there are not a lot of young people here, which is kind of interesting. I don't know where they've all gone. Um, but it, it is time for us to... to if we're calm enough to have reasonable conversations now, again, we should be talking about what makes life meaningful and what makes life good uh, and how we can optimize that and how we can sort of, rather than sheltering in place and as um, uh, Duncan, what was Duncan's name again? Duncan, uh, the, the gentleman I interviewed. Oh, the actor, um, Clinton Duncan. Clinton Duncan said they took Clinton. away from, he said something very prophetic, Clinton Duncan or oh, Duncan Clifton. Clinton. Clifton Duncan. Clifton Duncan. Uh, he, they took away from us everything that makes life 
meaning. It was such a prophetic statement. He is absolutely right. And when you take away what makes life meaningful from humans, it is destructive, profoundly destructive. And on top of that, they crush the world me and they may cause famines in certain areas. So there's so much that that we need to be attending to rather than this one respiratory thing. Yes, protect yourself. Yes, take your, you need to do whatever, you know, do what you need to do, but it needs to be in context now. We need to contextualize it with a life rather than living in cowardice and hiding in place, sheltering in place, which was never a good idea. We need to be living an engaged life where we are productive, where we're helping build economies, build people's meaning in their lives, helping them lead good lives. Not just be happy, but lead a good life. Happiness has been sort of overemphasized in this country. I've said it many times that we tend to think of happiness as hedonic euphoria, or hedonic tone, we call that, when in fact it should be more eudonic, eudonic happiness, eudonic flourishing, eudaimonic flourishing, rather. And that is achieved by doing what's right, doing a, leading a good life, making a difference, these kinds of things. And, and we should be worried about thinking about contributing and not about hiding. It really, it's time. It's time. And that we, there's a certain amount of risk to living. Uh, I walk out on the street here. It's a risk. Trust me. Every time I walk into the street, I nearly get hit. There's a risk to living. And if you don't want to take that risk, you don't want to live. It's, it's like they used to say, if you don't want to die, you don't want to live. Death is part of life. And we need to sort of be realistic about that too. But more importantly, we need to manage our risk. Uh, let me see if there's anything you guys are talking about here that I want to comment on before we go. Don't be lazy. What is that all about? Long COVID. Uh -huh. uh, the queen was gone a long time. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Yes, live from New York. It is uh, Dr. Drew. Uh, ask Dr. They're, Drew here. They're, they're entertaining each other. They're trying to out-troll each other. It's pretty funny. Um, Caleb, they're asking us to po post the name of the vaccine injury group that that young man was talking about, which I think is a very good idea. Can you do that? Uh, yes. After the episode, it'll, it'll okay. be up on Excellent. the website. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can go Excellent. to drdrew.com slash 919-2022. So that's 919-2022. Someone was saying something about a super chat. And I didn't see it. Susan, did you see the super chat? You're my keeper of the super uh, chats. Uh, no. Yes, I did put a super chat up on screen. Uh, our our resident troll, Silar, our resident troll, <laughs> yes, he uh, was taking something that I you said. I don't know said. if it's a female or male. I'm not actually okay, sure. I put it up on screen, okay. uh, you know, with the exact amount of context that Silar put with your quote. I used the same we were just level of context orders. for Silar's quote. Hmm, I wonder what I was talking about. It was just earlier huh. whenever you, you were in the middle of a sentence, Siler, you were saying something about, okay. Susan had said something about following orders and, you know, in the early days of the pandemic. Well, Siler people, is you know, putting a bunch of, Siler just put a bunch of laughing faces up. So I wonder right. if he or she thinks it's a Got joke. Got some attention. I, yep. I, I wonder what I was talking There There are times when I am just following orders. There are times. Uh, I can't think of what that would be in relation to what we've been talking about today. That's your phone? You want to go get it? No. Uh, <laughs> it was like a two-second part of something that you had said earlier in the show today that Silar then took like the beginning of the sentence and used that as a quote. I see. So We were that's... just following orders. Do you remember <laughs> was, what I was talking about? You were the early days of the about. pandemic when nobody knew what was going Marching on. And everyone orders. was just trying to keep people safe. Everyone was just doing what they were told until you got better information. Some people well, just kept on going on the bad information, but you updated your priors based on the new information. 
So it's when you said you right. were just okay. following orders, it just had to do with that oh, I, brief when moment I say in time. We, I probably said we were just following orders. And right. I, yeah, exactly. We or I. Yeah, so people were following orders, right. right, at a time when things were unclear. Siler said that was actual quote from like 20 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Uh, I could see where I might have said that. I, I, But, you know, what I meant was is that people, while we tried to figure things out, what else was I talking about? It doesn't even make sense to me right now in context. Uh, Ted says, Dr. Timothy Tellinghusen, hepatitis C research. What about the hep C research? Uh, what do you know about it? I, I did hepatitis C research long ago. I used to, I published articles about ribavirin when we had that as our as our only antiviral. Now we can clear most of the genome genotypic types of hepatitis C. It's now a curable illness. Okay, all right. I'm gonna have to wrap this thing up. We thank you all for being here. We'll be back again tomorrow at the same time. I mean, know, I'd like time? to take super chats at the end because we kind of we watch rumble because it's very trolly over there and <laughs> and then we kind of you know the the restream kind of zooms by zooms by yeah, we zooms see by. some of the questions we, but people have uh, been sending super anybody, chats susan i just they haven't been presenting yeah. questions i've been putting them on the screen though to highlight them yeah so if you if you give us a super chat chat and you want to just say hi i you know i can see your nose hairs dr drew yeah. or or you know i want to know about this or that you'll you'll get it you'll get attention so um colin robinson we will be up with dr victory on wednesday and she does uh we yeah she straightens me out a little bit i think i think that's a reasonable statement we saw it on um, the timcast i thought it was a great idea it's what's a good that? way for people oh, the super chats who don't want to call in or yeah. you know um edward dowd on wednesday and jay Bhattacharya, who i believe is will be the poster child for the excesses of the pandemic the the, the really the most uh disturbing parts of the pandemic jay Bhattacharya represents to me not because he was so right and so reasonable and was so maltreated it's just disgusting yeah. also one more thing when we mm. do have a guest on yes. which we will this week a couple yes. of days the super chats at the end will be good because then more people can get some questions out at the end and we can just zoom through them. Okay. You know, anything that we didn't see because you don't really pay that much attention to the restream during Got the time. It. I, I try, but it's hard. And then what time are we doing it tomorrow? Tomorrow is early. So it's noon it's gonna Pacific? It's going to be noon Pacific, I think. Right, Caleb? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Noon Pacific tomorrow. Uh, so, you'll be taking calls again. So it's a little bit, even an hour okay, earlier than so today's. Right, so noon Pacific, three three New Pacific, time zone noon. for people that don't have can't watch at six p.m. Let me Eastern. say it again: noon Pacific. East, no, noon Pacific, three p.m. Pacific. Eastern. God. Three p.m. Eastern. Noon Pacific, three p.m. <laughs> Eastern. Because I'm thinking about Wednesday, which will be six Eastern, three Pacific. Correct. Okay. We'll be back right. to That's our correct. normal time. The same thing with Thursday, six. Correct. Eastern, because you're going to be on three. Kennedy tonight, and you're going to be on Gutfeld tomorrow night. Okay. So we have to get. In and out earlier. We'll be talking a little 2098 with Kennedy there, who's been my friend for many, many years, decades. Literally. Yeah. All right. Susan, anything else from your camp? Anything you'd like to say? No? Susan? Okay. She's not listening to me at all now. I'm just not paying attention. <laughs> now I just don't even exist. No, my mic was off. <laughs> so, no, I had to, I, your mic was off, but it took me a few, a few I'm rounds. I'm kind of jet lagged. Like I got up really I early today and yeah. I need a nap. So. Eastland Maxwell interview. Well, you go work some more. All right. Well, thank you all much, everybody, for being here. Appreciate the questions. Appreciate the participation and on uh, the streams and the rumbles and even all the trolling we we're watching. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you for being here. We'll see you tomorrow at three Eastern, noon Pacific. More. Ask me anything tomorrow. Yes. Yep. Correct. See you then. <laughs>
Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.